Welcome to the Sunday morning podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Horsham. This message is by Clive Urquhart. Great. Just, uh, just stay on your feet. And uh, how many of you like shouting? Yes. Some of you might say that's not my style, but uh, we're going to just we're going to spend a few moments just shouting our praises to God. Right? Don't know about you, but I think we just need to shove something off this morning. Yes. And uh, because God wants to release his life afresh in our lives. And so let's just lift our voice. Come on, let's just begin to shout, praise him, give him adoration. Come on, all over this room this morning. Come on, let's praise him. Praise him. Thank you, Lord. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Thanks. Come on, let's really praise him. We are believers. We believe in the only one true living God. He's the mighty one. He's the powerful one. He's the ancient of days. He is unshakable, immovable. He's the rock of our salvation. He is our life. He is our victory. He is the answer to every need, every situation in our lives. He is the God of heaven. He's the God of earth. He is the Lord of all. He's the King of kings. He is the mighty Savior, the healer, the deliverer. Father, we praise your mighty name. We exalt your mighty name. You are Lord. You are God. You are great in every way. We exalt your name over our lives. We exalt your name over our families. We exalt your name over this town. We exalt your name over this nation. We exalt you higher than every other name. Every agenda of man, every agenda of politicians, every agenda of those who seek to influence. We exalt your name, Jesus, your word, your way, your will, your plans, your purposes over our nation in your mighty name. We praise your name. We praise your name. Come on, let's praise him. Praise him over your own life right now, over every situation. It could be a sickness. It could be a need. It could be restoration in some way. You might need a job. You might need a breakthrough. Let's praise him. Let's exalt him this morning. Praise your name, your mighty name, your glorious name, your powerful name, your wonderful name. Jesus, 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 you are Lord, you are God. We praise your mighty name. We praise your mighty name. We praise your mighty name. Oh, praise is a decision of your will over every emotion, over every circumstance. It says, Jesus is Lord no matter what, and I will praise Him. I will praise Him because He is Lord. He is worthy of all praise, of all honour, of all adoration. Jesus, you are worthy. We praise Your name. Praise Your name. Praise Your name. Praise Your name. Oh, it's good to blow the cobwebs off. Is that right? We are not living under anything in our lives because Jesus did not live under anything. He always lived overcoming. And if he is on the inside of us, then we don't have to live underneath anything, a circumstance, an emotion, what's going on in our nation. We're not victims. We are victims. Tours because we have the one who establishes the victory in our lives. We don't live by our emotions. Emotions say lots of things to us, but we don't live by those. We live by the Spirit of God that is in us. And the Spirit of God leads us. And sometimes David in the Psalms, he had to speak to his soul, didn't he? Rise up, O soul, rise up. Because he knew, he knew what he was like. His mind would go all over the place or his emotions were left, right and centre. And he had to speak to his soul. Hey, soul, rise up, rise up. Don't live defeated, live in victory. And he didn't even have Jesus on the inside of him. God was out there somewhere. For us, we have the living Saviour on the inside of our lives. We have nothing to be down about, nothing to be sad about because we have the one who is victory on the inside of us. 
These are breakthrough days. Breakthrough doesn't come by just acknowledging something or standing there or in our lives, not just in a meeting, but standing there in our lives going, well, it'd be great when it comes or yes, you know, or this or that. Breakthrough comes when we engage with what God says, when we grab hold of what He says, when we believe what He says. And it says, that's a promise that God has given me, so I'm taking it. That's what the Word of God says about me as a believer, so I'm going to take hold of it. That's what He says about my marriage, my family, the church I'm part of. This is what he's given us to run with. This is what he says about my town or my nation. We're here to bring change. We're here to bring transformation. That's why we're here today. We're not here to make up the numbers. You're not here by accident. You're here by God's predestined design and purpose. What does that mean? He planned before the beginning of time for you to be here and what your life is supposed to be all about. That's God's predestined purpose for for our lives. The free will He gives us is for us to then respond to His predestined purposes for us. God has good plans, great things for every person, every believer, every church. How much we step into that is dependent on our response to His predestined purposes that He wants to outwork on the earth through you, through me, through us together. Anybody here today? You might be standing for the whole of this message. Is that all right? Because we're not here just to sit and have our ears tickled. We're here to be infused. We're here for an impartation of God's life in us when we gather, when we meet. We're not here just to sing a couple of songs. We're here to encounter the living God. What is church on the earth? It's God's kingdom being revealed on earth. God's kingdom is, it doesn't have any a ceiling on it. God's kingdom doesn't have any dross on it. God's kingdom is, is powerful. It's alive. It's living and active. It's on the move. And therefore you and I as believers, we're on the move. Just turn to your neighbour and say, that's you, that's me. And now just say to them, I know why I'm here now this morning. All right, grab a seat if you want, or you can stand up if you want. I really don't mind. You can stay standing, you can stay sitting. Brilliant. <clears throat> I, don't know what you, I don't know what you think about when you come to church, or you well, come to church. We are the church. When you come to a meeting on a Sunday, do you, no thanks, do you just come up? Do you come on a Sunday and think, I'm going to church, or I'm going to a service? Or, or do you think, I'm getting out of bed here because I'm going to encounter Jesus? How many of you, don't put your hands up. Anyway, you can, you can, you're right. You know, how many of you, I'm going to go and encounter Jesus this morning because what you do affects what happens in here when we come together because we are the body of Christ. We are the worship team. We are the choir, if you like. We're all the preachers of the word in our lives. We're all responders. We're all here to see what God wants to do through every one of our lives together. And, uh, and we've, had some, we've had some brilliant messages in the last few weeks. And what, what, when I was praying earlier in the week, what, what I believe God said to me was to take the last four messages and to sum them all up in one so that we know what is God actually saying to us at this moment and what is our response in relation to what He is saying. It's easy to go from Sunday to Sunday and uh, oh, last week it was brilliant. Yeah, la la la. Or that was good. Or that, you know, whatever. And and then we come to the next one and, and we forget what came before. But God always speaks from one week to the next because He's building something in our lives and He's working in us individually and together as a body because He's moving us forward in what He is doing. He's not moving us forward into something one day. He's moving us forward now into what he's doing. And we want to move forward together in what is going on. Is that right? So now some of you, uh, I'm going to use the, the, the great rest as, as a kind of landing point for all the last four weeks of messages. Okay. So that we practically see what is God saying and how is that worked out in our lives? What does that mean for us today, tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, in terms of living out what he is actually saying? So if you've, if you've never heard this before, uh, then hopefully this will be revelation. This will help you just in your relationship with God. If you have, then, then don't park for a minute because I'm not going to repeat the great rest basic message. This is going to take the last few few weeks. And what does that mean for us in terms of living this thing out that God is saying and doing at this, at this moment? So in Matthew chapter 11, uh, verse 28 and 30, Jesus was speaking here. 
And uh, he said something very profound uh, in terms of what he, he spoke at this moment to the people he was speaking to. So just before we get into that, I just want to tell you obviously what these chairs represent. So this one here, there's three ways we can live. The first one is, is here, before you know Jesus. Uh, this is kind of, you, you have no relationship with God, you're disconnected from him, you're outside of relationship uh, with God. And so before you surrender your life to Jesus, this is where you live. You, you're living your own life, doing your own thing, following whatever course you want to follow, getting into whatever you want to get into, chasing after whatever you're chasing into. Uh, and, and this is you, this is your life, okay? And there's a separation from God. And in your own strength here, there is absolutely no way you can reach God. It's impossible. This life here, this is called the great rest. And <clears throat> this is what God wants to bring every person into a relationship with him. So Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Jesus said, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you... So... Before any of us were born again, before anybody knows God in the world, we, we're here. But God's heart and intention is for nobody to stay here. His heart and intention is for every person to know him and have relationship with him. So his heart for people is not for, to leave us here. And we know that because the Bible says that Jesus died once and he died for all. He didn't just die for a few people or some people that he liked or, or whatever. He died for all. So we know that God's heart is that every person would come to know him. So in the great rest, what does Jesus do then? He doesn't bring us into salvation per se. Well, he does, but he saves us into what Jesus says here. He says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you because here we're yoked with all kinds of things to do with sin, to do with depravity, to do with addictions, to do with pain and shame and hurt and bitterness and all kinds of stuff that goes on in life that we pick up along the way and we're yoked with all that stuff. And what Jesus wants to do is take the yoke of all of those things off of people's lives and, and forgive them for all the stuff that they've done that we've, maybe many of us in the room have already responded to. And he wants to bring us into a place of rest, a place of relationship with him. And then he says, take my yoke upon you. Now his yoke is not heavy. It's not a burden. What does he say here? His, his yoke, it says, um, let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. So your soul is your mind, emotion, your will. It's who you are. And <clears throat> here, there's no rest for the soul there. People go after all kinds of stuff to find rest for the soul. And, and sometimes, many times, people, we, maybe many of us before we know the Lord, we went after stuff or something, whatever it might have been, the next job or the next thing or the next person or whatever it was, thinking that when we get there, there'll be something that will be fulfilled in us. But how many of you know when you got to that thing you thought and you had that possession or you had that relationship or you had that promotion or you had more money in the bank or you bought a bigger house, before you knew where you were, you were thinking, well, what's the next thing? This didn't quite fulfill me in the way that I thought it was going to. Anybody relate to that? So then you go after the next and the next. Thing. Why? Because this is a rat race. It's just a chase to find rest in your soul and you'll never find it. And that's when God says, no, come and, and you will find rest in your soul. Because you're forgiven. God deals with all the stuff that affects our lives and he brings us into a place of forgiveness, restoration, healing. You discover your purpose, your destiny, why you're alive, why you're here, what life is all about, which is ultimately to know God and to walk in his ways and his purposes. And there's this peace, this total well-being, this rest for your soul that comes into your life. And so God's purpose is that we live in that all the time. Okay? Um, so he says here, for my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. Because he says, I'm going to carry... Stuff that would want to weigh you down. I'm going to carry that so that you don't have to carry it. And my yoke is easy. So when we walk with him, there's an ease in our lives that there isn't over here. Now this life over here, this is when you do know the Lord, but this, this chair is called self, okay? And uh, none of us want to live there. But sometimes we find ourselves shifting from a place of rest and trust, a moment by moment relationship with God, 
And before we know where we are, we seem to shift over here in a situation or a circumstance or when, when, when a bad report comes or some challenging circumstances arise or something goes on or whatever. And before we know where we are, we shift from, from trust and rest and total well-being into a little bit of unease and, and a bit of frustration and a bit of this, that and the other and, and a bit of fear and a bit of apprehension because we try and take something on in our own strength and in our own effort. And therefore we lose that peace because our trust is no longer in him. We, we've, taken the, we've taken the situation into our own hands, even though he's the creator, even though he's Lord of the heavens and Lord of earth and he's been around a lot longer than us. We effectively shift over here and say to the Lord, it's okay, I can handle this one. Let me do it on my own. And what does the Lord do at that moment? He sits there and he's like, wow. He doesn't get angry and annoyed. He sits there and he's like, well, I'm here when you're ready to come back. (laughs) And when you're here in frustration or in fear or in whatever's going on here, you're not going to hear the Lord say anything to you. He's not going to show you how you need to walk forward while you've taken things in your own strength, in your own ability. You, You think you're hearing the Lord, but you're not. And when you're here, you hear things that you would like to hear and you say, that's the Lord speaking to me. And it's not, it's yourself. (laughs) And what the Lord is doing at that moment, he's like, hey, come back over here. Just surrender yourself afresh to me. Ask me to forgive you for trying to do it in your own strength and come back into a place of rest. So what do you do when you're trying to do things in your own strength? You don't try and crack on. You say, Father, I give up. And he's like, that's what I've been waiting for. And you say, Father, forgive me for doing, trying to live in my own strength, do stuff. I've taken this circumstance on. Sorry for fearing this and not trusting you. It's got to start with repentance, with asking forgiveness. And sorry for not trusting you. Father, I thank you right now that I come back into that place of trust. I give this situation to you. I give myself to you. And everything that's going on, I surrender afresh. And you find this, this peace, this well-being then begins to take over all of the frustration and whatever else is going on. Then you begin to hear what God is actually saying to you. And he can then take you forward in a situation, okay? That, that's, that's, so God's taken us out of all this, brought us into this. And he wants, it, basically what is this? It's who we are in Christ and what it means to have Christ in us. This is living the Spirit-filled life and being led by the Holy Spirit. Now, all of us in the room, if you know Jesus, want to live here and stay in that all the time. Maybe if there's people in the room and you live here, you're like, wow, I'd never realised that was God's heart towards me as a person. But God knew that there's no way we could reach him, so he came to us. And that's why Jesus came to earth to identify with us and every challenge and thing that we go through. But yet, when he, when he hung on the cross, he took every sin, every pain, every shame, every guilt, every sickness, everything on himself so that we don't have to face that in our own lives, so that we can then come and say, thank you that you took every sin, every pain, every sickness, everything that separates me from God. And I thank you that I can now here turn to God and say, God, I need to be forgiven. I, want, I need to be healed. I need to be whole. I want to come to know you and I want to come into everything that you have for me. And so we cross, as the Bible says, from death, spiritual death, to spiritual life. So when we're living here, and there might be some people in you, today, you might say, actually, I want to take that step today, that next step, and actually begin a relationship with Jesus today. Now, some of us, we're living here, and, and sometimes we go over here, as we've said, into self. Now, sometimes that can be in a situation, and then we realise, I'm not trusting God, I need to come back here. Sometimes that can be more the place where we're living in our lives. This is more the soulish believer who's kind of more living according to themselves, they're thinking, and every now and then, because of situations get so bad, they're like, I better turn to God and ask Him to help me out. Now, none of us want to live that kind of life. We want to live a Spirit-filled, Spirit-led life. Is that right? So, now we've got that sort of as a, as a basis. And all of this is because of God's love. God so loved the world that He gave. The word love there is the word agape. The word agape... Um, is made up of two words, ego and peo. And the word ego means to lead like a shepherd and the word peo, P-A-O, is the verb to, to bring into rest. And so what does the love of God do? He's the shepherd that brings us into his rest. What does Jesus say? I am the good shepherd. He always leads us into good pasture. 
rest, okay, where we're going to get fed, we're going to get built up and we can know him and walk with him, okay? So last few weeks then, uh, a few weeks ago, Roger Green, uh, along with um, Bola, sorry, if you hear Bola, I forgot your name then. Um, Bola, they, they spoke about how do we live like Jesus in the workplace? Because the whole thing at the moment is living like Jesus, right? Everybody know that? We all want to do that anyway. So, uh, and, but what they really, at the heart of what was being said that morning was about consecrating our lives and consecrating our workplace or our business. And, and Bola gave the testimony, the story of his own situation where he'd started a business and it, it, even though he'd had lots of experience, been very successful in previous uh, aspects of what he'd been doing from a business and work point of view, stuff just wasn't coming together. And he realised through uh, uh, reading a book that Roger had actually written that he'd never consecrated his business, never set it apart, because that's what the word consecration means, to be set apart. So he'd never set apart his business that, to, to really make Jesus Lord and in charge of his business. And then, you know, he, Jesus becoming the CEO, the chairman or whatever. And then Bola working for uh, Jesus in that sense, if you understand the story that he gave. And since then, since he consecrated, his business has just begun to grow and take off. Uh, and, and God's blessed it in that, in that way. But at the heart of that was about consecration. And so there was a bigger message that morning than just to do with business. It was about how, how our lives are consecrated to him. So there might be a moment of consecration. And one of those moments is when you give your life to Jesus. When you respond to him and you come into relationship with him, what you're saying is, I want to consecrate my life to Jesus. I want my life now to be set apart from the way the world has been and the way my life has been. And I now want my life to be set apart to know God and for God. And so when we live here, we've already said we want to be consecrated, but then we want to go on being consecrated, if you like, on an ongoing basis, because consecration is being set apart. So we want to continue to live set apart in what God's doing. All this will make sense in a minute, okay? It's important what God is saying. So that that week was about consecration, being set apart, that we don't live according to the world's values and principles we live according to God's principles, God's value, His word, His will, His way. So we're constantly wanting to live in a moment-by-moment -moment relationship with Him, which means we are constantly surrendering ourselves to Him as we walk with Him. So that when stuff happens in life that wants to take us this way, before we take that step or we go over there, we're saying, no, 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 I'm going to make sure I'm staying right in the rest of God in the middle of this situation. Sometimes we pray, God, get me out of here. And he's like, no, I'm in you through it to come out the other side. How many of you know that our faith is tested sometimes? There's trials that we go through and that's to prove that our faith is genuine. What does that mean? It means in the midst of trouble, our trust is still in God. That we know that God is bigger than the circumstance, bigger than the problem, bigger than the situation. And, our, and, and in the natural, sometimes it looks stupid, but yet we know that God, you're bigger than this, you're Lord of this, and I'm going to trust you in the middle of it. The circumstances are screaming something else. The facts say something else. But I know you're bigger than the facts, and the truth of your word is more powerful than what I'm going through. So I want to take hold of your word in the middle of this, so I stay in a place of rest. So what does rest do? It doesn't get you out of situations. It's how you walk through them in a completely different way than if you go over there. And that can lead to a few days of frustration, a few weeks, a few months, even a few years if you want to stay there. But yet that's not God's. He wants us to live in this place of rest. So consecration in a fresh way was uh, spoken about a couple of weeks ago. And then we had the, the message from um, Kevin uh, a couple of weeks back, two or three weeks ago. That was powerful, wasn't it? Powerful message. Oh, by the way, um, <laughs> we, um, Kevin and Sharon... Uh, are going to be leading the Burgess Hill congregation as that, that gets kind of really launched in the new year. So um, on December the 16th, three Sundays time, we're going to ordain them. We're going to pray for them and set them apart. Uh, ordain means to be set apart for something holy. That's what the word ordain means, to be set apart for a holy purpose. So we're going to ordain them, pray for them, anoint them with oil and, and set them apart for, for being leaders of the congregation down there. So we're doing it then because both their sets of parents would like to be here on that occasion as well. 
And Kevin brought a brilliant word that he called it drop zone. If you can remember, those of you here, drop. If you haven't heard it, have a listen on the website. It's, it's powerful. Um, and what he was basically speaking about was obedience and fear of the Lord. But the example he gave at the beginning about living in the drop zone was when you're a paratrooper and you're in a, you're in a bunch of you in a plane and you're going to be dropped into the drop zone for whatever the mission is you're going to do. If, if, if you jump out of the plane too early, you don't reach the drop zone. And he said there was a one and a half minute um, uh, moment when they're in the plane where they all have to jump out, you know, with a, a 90 second thing. Because if they go too early, they don't reach it. But if they go too late, they, they won't be able to get back to it because of the, the way that they work it all out, that they're going to land right in the place that they need to land in. And he, what he was speaking about is, is God, there's loads of drop zones that God puts us in in our lives, things he wants to do. And, and, and living in obedience and in the fear of the Lord enables us to stay in a place where when God speaks, we respond. When he speaks, we respond. When he speaks, we respond. Because God's timing is he speaks because he wants to do something. He speaks because he wants to do something. He speaks because he wants to do something. And because we are active people in our faith and as believers, we, we want to be people that listen to God. Where are you going to hear from God here? If we're living in a place of rest and, and, and there's drop zones as we walk with God that he wants to speak to a person here, heal somebody there, break through there, release over here, do something in your marriage there, your family here, your workplace there, the community over there. Whatever he's doing through our lives at any given moment, we want to be ready that when he speaks, we respond. Yeah. Yeah. We, so we want to be responsive believers, responsive believers. And when God speaks, we don't want to be... Oh, yeah, all right, Lord. Yeah, I've heard. Yeah, all right. Well, I'll just let me think about it. Let me. Because what we do, we move over here. When God speaks and we delay that obedience, we move from there to here. Because you're in, in, if you're a paratrooper in that plane and you're going you're gonna to hit the drop zone and you delay and the guy says, you know, go, 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 or whatever they say and, and when they jump out of a plane. If one of them kind of decides, well, I'm going to have a think about that and uh, I haven't finished my tea yet or, uh, you know, I've got something else I might want to do or I'm, I'm just in the middle of a game on my phone at the moment and I can't go yet or whatever we do with our lives... And, and, and God is kind of saying, hey, I want to work through you, I want to work through you, I want to work through you, I want to work through you. And, and there's drop zones, there's things. So he spoke about obedience and fear of the Lord. And the response that day was, was powerful because there was a passion in the way that he was preaching and speaking because there's a passion on the inside of him. Why? Because what it was he doing, he's living in that place of rest with God, wanting to be right where God wants him to be, and a sensitivity around the voice of God and a responsiveness that says yes to God. Okay? So that drop zone is important. So if we're going to be responsive to God like that, then that comes in a place of consecration. Because when we're consecrated, we're saying, Father, my life is set apart from, from the world, and it's set apart. That even though at times you are going to speak things and say things to me that are going to challenge me. Has God ever challenged you? God doesn't just like tickle the ears and kind of, there you go, you're a lovely child of God. You're lovely, you're lovely, you're lovely all the time. Sometimes we're not so lovely at different times. <laughs> or there's something, you know, we're all, we, we've all got our moments, haven't we? And, uh, well, I do anyway. I don't know about you lot. Maybe you're really, you're further on than I am, but I have my moments and a uh, few of them. And... But when we're, when we're walking with God, he speaks to us. There are challenges sometimes that he brings, but he knows because he's making us more like him, more like him, more like him. And sometimes there's things that he says to us that challenge us to live outside of our comfort zone or we decide to become comfortable or we decide to live in the way that we'd like to live as a Christian. We become happy with that. And then God says, now, hang on a minute, there's more. There's more of me to discover. There's more I want to do through your life. And, and God speaks sometimes in, you know, in who we are as a church. We're a bit more like that anyway, in terms of, come on, let's go forward. At least I hope we are anyway. And, uh, and that's why you're here, because you like that kind of thing, that kind of Christianity. This is one of those messages, right? All of the messages the last few weeks have been like this. So, so. Um, so that message on the drop zone was um, important in terms of we consecrate ourselves so we're ready for everything that God wants to drop us into. Okay. Then Pastor Colin a couple of weeks ago brought, a, a, it was a brilliant message, another brilliant message, predestination and free will. If you go back and listen to that, there, there was so much um, revelation in that and wisdom in that. What has that got to do with everything we're talking about? Well, if we're set apart and we're consecrated, 
and we're ready to live in the drop zone, what we're going to do is we're going to be living in the predestined purposes of God for our lives. But because we've engaged our response, our free will to say yes to God, we want to walk in your predestined purposes. Then we'll see what God has predestined for us to see personally and together outworked. So what is predestination? Okay, predestination is God's predetermined course, plan, action that he wants to work out in a future date. Because he predestined something a long time ago. Now, thousands of years later, we're at the moment as part of his plan and purpose that you and I are on the planet right now. So we're here to be part of working out his predestined, predetermined plan of salvation and what he wants to do. And then the free will is simply our response. That's what free will is, our response. And so that was a powerful message. So what do we have? Consecration. We're set apart to live here. He's called us to be, live in obedience and in the fear of the Lord so that when God speaks, man, we're going to do it. Not because we're afraid of God, but because we're in awe of Him and we love Him and we honour Him. We're like, God, I want to be wherever you want me to be. And if we're saying that to God, we're saying, I want to walk in those predestined plans that you have. So what does that mean? We need to be listening. What are you saying? What are you saying? What are you saying? What are you saying? Because I'm ready to hear, ready to hear. And then my response is that free will response of saying, yes, God, yes, God, yes, God. So what's God looking for? He's looking for a church that says yes. He's looking for a person that says yes. He doesn't mind who you are, how old you are, how long you've been a Christian, what's gone in your life. It doesn't matter. All he's looking for is for a yes. And when there's a yes, then something gets released. Something takes place. Something gets activated through your life. There's a release of God in this place. Living in the rest releases the supernatural. It attracts the supernatural life and work of God. When you're here, there's nothing supernatural going on here because we're wrapped up with ourselves. And when we get out of that and we come back to Him, then there's a release of His supernatural life in a fresh way. When we're here, there's, unless you're engaged with something demonic supernaturally, there's nothing of the supernatural life of God going on here at all. And so He wants to bring us out of the natural into this supernatural life. Okay? So then the, the, last, the message that we had last week from uh, Simon, he called it living as disciples. And... Um, he was talking about, one of the things he was talking about being refined like gold. Remember that one? And he talked about nine, nine carat, 18 carat. And, and obviously if you, you move from nine to 18, there's a process you go through in a furnace and all the dross comes to the top and you, you wipe it off and the, the gold is refined and it moves from nine to, I don't know if this is right, but it moves from nine to 10 to 11 to 12. I don't know how they gauge what is 18 carat gold. Somebody in here might know how they do that. But obviously they know when something is nine carat, they know when something's 18 and they must know when something's 24 carat. I don't know if there's any higher carat than that, but um, there might be, I don't know. But, um, but there's a process that, God, that, that the gold goes through to become what it's supposed to be. Now, when we're living here, we come into a place of rest in our souls. Now, the great rest living here is not a rest from everything. It's rest in everything. So it's not a rest from responsibility. Oh, well, I'm, you know, if I'm living in the great rest and oh, I don't have to be responsible, God will just do it. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, that's a lazy Christian. That's a super spiritual Christian and they live over here. Super spiritual people think they're the most spiritual, but actually they're the most soulish. All right, because they're saying, no, 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 la de la de la, all the stuff they come out with. And uh, it's like, no, the most spiritual people are often the most down-to-earth people as well. See, God lives in heaven, but he came down to earth because he understood how, how man works. He understood how the world, world ticked. And he said, there's no way that that can reach me, so I've got to go there. And so we understand as spiritual people now, that spiritually we're alive, that it's got to make sense on earth somehow. Okay, so, um, so he was speaking about being refined by fire. Why? Or, or the fire of God or the life of God. Because Jesus is making us more and more like him. So that's why the consecration is important, that we, we live as a consecrated person because there's that refining that God does as we walk with him. So God doesn't say, I can't do anything with you until you're 24 karat gold or anything like that. And God doesn't 
just look at our lives like that. But he says, on the journey, we're going to see things happen. In that, in that respect. Now, some of the challenges that Simon was talking about last week as we live as disciples is relationally. Now, we know living in the great rest, first and foremost, is that relationship we have with God. It's a moment by moment walk with God. But we also work the reality of that relationship out this way with one another this way. And often God can show us things as to what is going on in us when we're in relationships with other people. And sometimes we find ourselves reacting to people or be getting upset in situations or we find things difficult with a person. And I think sometimes God puts people in our lives or around our lives to help rattle us a little bit and shake us a little bit. Because, you know, so that we respond in the right way. So we don't get upset and angry and annoyed because what happens? We go over here, but we think we're right. But actually God's saying, look, whether you're right or not, there's still a wrong attitude. And I want you to stay in a place of rest because I brought them around your life to help you. But I've also brought them around so you can help them. Why? Because we all have blind spots. A blind spot is when you don't see something, but other people do. And there's things about all of us in our lives that we have blind spots. And part of discipleship and part of being a a, a body of people is we can help to point out each other's blind spots. What's a blind spot? It's a weakness. It's, it's, you, you miss something or, you, or whatever. And we need one another in that way. Now, God can show us stuff, but we're also part of a body and other people can show us things. How many of you are married? Blokes, how many of you know your wife is brilliant at pointing out your blind spots? <laughs> right? Clive, did you realise? Uh, no? Yeah, okay, thanks. All right. So, you know, how many of you find yourself having conversations like that with your wife or with your husband the other way around? It's good for blokes to point out your wife. Anyway. (laughs) So, see, what, what what is genuine love? What is agape? Agape love is not pushing something under the carpet. Agape is not saying, oh, that's the way they are, can't go there, upset them. That's not actually loving someone. That's just leaving them with a problem. So what we're doing, we actually love ourselves more than we love them. Now, any any kind of thing we're talking about here needs to be in relationship with, with people. But what, what God is doing amongst us, and he's been doing... and, and Freedom has, has helped going through the freedom stuff. I know many of you would probably say yes and amen to this. Um, being in those freedom small groups and the way you've shared what God has been doing, you've opened your heart and life up and what God does through that encounter. with That's been part of what God's been doing over the last year or two about opening our lives up to one another. Because every person has insecurities in different ways. It doesn't matter who you are. Some people come across much more confident, outward going and, and all of that kind of stuff. And you can easily look at that person and think, oh, you know, they're really confident, really bold. They probably don't have any insecurities. But sometimes people like that can have more insecurities than others. And they're actually covering some of that up by the way they are. Yeah. I'm not saying everybody's like that, but we can operate and act like that. Other times we can be more inward and, uh, and because that's more of a fear motivation of I don't, I don't what, what people are going to say to me and I'm afraid of people and all that sort of thing. God wants us to live in freedom from all of that kind of stuff. And sometimes we have blind spots and in relationship and as disciples and this refining by fire, God does as much of that this way as he does the other way. None of us are right about everything we think we're right about. We just aren't. And you think you're right because you have certain understanding or revelation, but somebody else might come and say something from an angle that you haven't thought of and it sheds light on something and you go, oh yeah, I've never seen it like that. But because you hadn't seen it like that, you had a blind spot because you just carried on the way that you thought it should be or, or all of that kind of stuff. And instead of being open to say, well, I might not be right about everything. I could be wrong about something, you know, or whatever. Then, uh, and so living in the great rest, what does that do? It keeps you teachable and it keeps you humble because you're basically, primarily, you're saying to God, I want to stay teachable, I want to stay humble, I want to stay trusting you, 
but then also you're here saying, Father, I want others also to help me in my walk with you and I want to help others with their walk with you too so that none of us live ignorant or in blind spots or even if we don't have a conversation with someone, we leave them in a vacuum. So even within the, 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 the leadership team over the last few years, I don't know what the time is, hang on. Okay, we've got an hour to go. No, we haven't. Um, in our leadership team over the last few, I'm just kind of, is this all right? Just chatting away a little bit. Because we've got to be real in terms of what God is doing. If we're living consecrated, we're living in obedience and, and responsive to God in, in terms of what he's saying. And we, we want to live in those pre-detested, pre destined purposes willingly okay part of that is going to be a refining that takes place and part of that is going deeper with God and deeper with one another because there is no fear in love you know when somebody loves you there's no fear there like I mean sometimes at home it's more probably when my kids are a bit younger than they are now but you know sometimes in the natural I think I used to act like an idiot you know with my kids you mess about with them you dance around with them and all of that and Megan even bought me a little thing saying no dad dancing in the house you know because like dad you're embarrassing or whatever and, and uh, but you see you don't care that when you know people love you and they totally accept you I'm not saying we all act like idiots okay but what I'm saying is you're not afraid there's no fear that governs your life because the fear's been taken away because the environment that you're in is one of love and acceptance and if you do blow it people aren't going to point the finger and they say hey come on let's pick you up help you walk with you and help you come through the other side that's what it means to love one another that's what it means to be refined by the fire of God in our lives it's this way but it's also that way as well how many of you are glad you came this morning? Yes. Okay, because this is what God's saying. Consecration, obedience, free will, response in relation to his predestined purposes. To be refined by fire as we go forward. Why? Because God wants it to be fruitful. Why? Because he wants his purposes to be outworked. That's why every person, every life in this place, every one of our kids, whatever groups they're in, their life matters, our life matters. Everybody in this place, you matter in terms of the purposes of God. He has no favourites. We might all have different roles and responsibilities, but that doesn't mean we, he's, because of what we do. See, we often look at things in the natural. Well, maybe because you do what you do, God loves you more than me, or you have this, that, and that. No, no, God doesn't have any favourites. We're all sons of God, we're all children of God, we're all in relationship, but he gives us different roles and responsibilities that we then have, to, we need to take responsibility for in our lives to, to outwork. So wherever he calls us to be, whatever he calls us to be doing, he wants to outwork his purposes through us. So just to finish, I'm going to read um, some verses in Psalm 119 that, that uh, I was praying through during the week uh, to do with today. And, uh, and this kind of sums up what we've been talking about this morning. What it says here, I run in the path of your commands. For you have set me free. He set us free from all that rubbish there. It's dead, buried, crucified. There are a bunch of scriptures I didn't hear to read, but we, we are not this old person anymore. We're a new person in Christ Jesus, right? The enemy, the only way the enemy can work in our lives now is to try and seduce us to live there. He can't take us back there because it's dead and buried. So what he tries to do, he tries to say, well, what I'm going to do, I'm going to try and recreate or try and speak to them. So they think that all that isn't dead and buried. And so it's still alive. And so I'll try and get them over there to try and get them to live in the past in any way. But the past is gone. It's dead. It's buried. It's crucified. It's, it's like we saw on Sunday in the baptisms. It's gone. But then he tries us to live soulish then. Well, if I can't get them to live in the old, what I'll try and do is look at your emotions. Look at how you feel. Well, that attitude wasn't very good, was it? Look at the way he spoke to that person. And he tries to constantly use facts and circumstances. And that's why we're like, no, 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 I'm not there. I'm here. This is who I am. And I run in the path of your commands for you have set me free. Then in this place, we're saying here, teach me, O Lord, to follow your decrees. Or in the, the New King James or King James, it says statutes. Now, what does, that's a more of a, yeah, um, I want to follow in your statutes. That's a great word. What does the word statutes mean? What it actually means is enactments. It means the outworking of. So what is, what's the psalmist saying? Teach me, O Lord, to follow in the outworkings of what you're saying, to walk in your ways. Then I, and I, to keep them to the end. 
Give me understanding. Give me revelation. Give me understanding so that I can keep your law or keep your ways and walk in your ways and obey it with all of my heart. I love this, don't you? Direct me in the path of your commands. Man, if you live in here, it's, it's a walk. There's a flow. There's a release of God in this here because you're in the great rest. You, you, you walk in that moment by moment relationship with him. So there's that release of God. Direct me in your paths. I want to continue to walk in your ways. For there I find delight. Wow. Delight isn't just skipping around, you know, with a happy face on. Delight is total well-being. <laughs> Delight is like, yes, total satisfaction, total film. You know when we, we do stuff sometimes, we, we, what call, we, we self-medicate sometimes. We think we need something in our lives that's going to fulfil us in some way. And what, what happens in the great rest is you find your total fulfilment and satisfaction in Him. And therefore, there isn't anything in life on the inside of you that says, well, I'll, I'll really be fulfilled if I have this or if I have that or when I get there. No, because our fulfilment and satisfaction is in who he is. And that's what the psalmist is saying here. I find delight, I find total satisfaction, fulfilment in you. Turn my heart towards your statutes, your ways and your purposes and not towards selfish gain. Turn my eyes away from worthless things. Preserve my life according to your word or another in there to your will and your way. Fulfill your promise to your servant so that you may be feared. Amen. Come on, let's stand together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I believe God is speaking to all of us this morning in some way or other. And God has been speaking over the last few weeks. And then there might be a particular week that you, for you is really still resonating in you that God spoke to you over the last few weeks. You just know that, that God so spoke to me that morning or he was doing this. It could have been a few weeks ago. Excuse me. It could have been last week. It could be this morning. Just the culmination of all of these things into one. But I believe God wants, he wanted to remind us this morning. He, wants, he wanted to make sure we're all on the same page. That we understand that as a body of people, as a church, it's not just week by week, meeting by meeting. What's he saying this week? What's he doing? You know, it's him unfolding his purposes, him speaking to us and moving us together with him. He's reminding us, I've set you apart. But then you need to continue to live in that way, consecrated to me. So it might be this morning. I think probably all of us, we just concentrate ourselves afresh, our time, our money, the workplace, home, marriage, family, being part of the church here. Whatever small group you're part of, whatever group you're relationally connected into, whatever small group that you're really part of and sharing life and opening your heart and life up and encouraging others and in a small group scenario, that's where you can say, hey, I've probably got some blind spots. Can you help me? That's what we did in our leadership team over the last couple of years. We've been saying that to one another. Hey, can you help me with blind spots? And I've said to some of the guys, hey, look, you know, help me because I've probably got blind spots. Rather than leave me in a vacuum, uh, show me, help me so that I can address those things. So that it helps me think in a different way. Helps me respond and relate to people in a different way. Maybe I come across in a certain way at different times and I don't realise it. And, and, and I could upset people or they misunderstand me and all of that. And so help me with that so that actually how I am with people can change. We've said to the, the, the staff team, look, if there's anything where you need to come and have a conversation, my door's open. Just knock on the door and say, hey, can I have a word with you for a minute? You know, you said something the other day, I didn't understand it. I was a bit confused or I'm not sure, you know, I, it's like, come and have a conversation. Why? Because we want to move together. We want deeper friendships, deeper relationships. We want to be the same page. 
you know, and so I, 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 and various people on the team over the last couple of years have come and seen me at times, said, you know, can I have a chat with you? And, and, and you know, some people have been a bit nervous coming in because you, you never, you're not nervous about yourself. And sometimes we don't realise how people see us. But yet by giving permission to somebody and saying, hey, come and have a conversation if I've upset you or, and I don't even realise it or you think you know, I'm annoyed about something or if you just need more understanding, you want to clarify something, just come and have a conversation. And, and most of the time, a lot of it can be in people's heads. And it just bursts that bubble and they go, oh, right. And sometimes I've had to sit there and go, oh, man, I didn't realise it. I, I, I'm really sorry. Would you forgive me? And that is so, so important in a friendship, in a relationship, in us going forward. So small groups are brilliant for that. To build relationships, build friendships, connect with people. It's beyond a head level. It's a heart level. It's covenant. I'm not going to leave you with an issue. I'm going to talk to you about it. Not point the finger and say, oh, you're, a, you know, say, hey, can I have a chat with you? You know, can you just, you know, can I just have a chat? Correct me if I'm wrong here, but I've just noticed this or noticed that. Or have you thought about this? And you end up in a conversation. Or, look, if there's anything between us that it, we seem to be a bit out of sorts here, look, maybe I ask you to forgive me if there's anything I've done that has upset you. And you start from that approach. Somebody else then says, oh, well, actually, yeah, I wanted to talk, but I didn't know. Well, I'm sorry as well for my part. But if you jump into a situation and go, oh, you're a flipping idiot the way you talked to me the other day, that really upset me, you know, you put the knee in, people go, whoa, and they react. But if you come humbly and say, look, you know, I don't know what's going on, correct me if I'm wrong here, but, you know, it seems like there's a bit of tension. Would you forgive me for any part I've played in that or anything I've said or done? And we come not to blame or to accuse. We come humbly then. So we're consecrating ourselves. We want to live in obedience. We want to live in that place of rest with God. We want to live in the predestined purposes of God, but willingly. God's never going to drag you in his purposes. He's never going to throw a hedge backwards. He never invades your will. But he says, look what I've got for you. This is what I'm saying to you. This is what you can walk in. This is what you, you know. And we're like, yeah, thank you, Jesus. You're amazing. God always gives us more than we could ever ask or imagine in our lives. So let's just surrender afresh, consecrate afresh. Father, I'm here. I'm yours. I'm not my own. I belong to you. Maybe people here today, you don't know Jesus. And you want to cross from spiritual death to spiritual life. You want to step into, you want to take a next step in your life and surrender your life to Jesus. You can do that today just by initially acknowledging him and saying whatever you want to say to him in your own words now. And I'd love to chat with you afterwards and talk with you. You might have come with a friend and you might say to them, hey, can you just chat with you? Can you take me up and see Clive at the end? I'd love to have a chat with him and talk about what he was talking about this morning. In that consecration, what we're saying is, is uh, this is for all of us now, what is, Father, I want to live in that place, that place of obedience, that place of reverence and awe. I want to encounter you in a fresh way, Jesus. We've got 21 days of prayer and fasting in the new year, starting on the 7th of January. We're going to have three encounter nights every week during those three weeks, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We're going to worship, encounter Jesus, meet with God. He wants to speak prophetically. He wants to work and move powerfully. We want to launch into the year with 21 days of just going after God, going after him and everything he wants to do in and amongst us. Why? Because we want to walk in his predestined ways. And maybe just say that to the Lord, Father, I want to live in the great rest to walk in your predestined purpose. And I, do, I want to do that willingly. I want to do that wholeheartedly. I want to be in everything you're doing, heart and soul, everything, jumping in fully to what you're doing. And then I want to live as that disciple that we heard about last week. I want to live in that refining fire. I don't know about you, but I want to live in that refining fire. So there's that constant work of the Holy Spirit, just refining, working. We want it, like Simon said last night, we can leave it last week, we can look at that negatively, oh, God wants to do something in my life. Or we can say, no, Holy Spirit, I embrace what you're doing. I thank you that you're making me more Christ-like. Show me anything where my thinking's out of kilter. I've got an attitude that's slightly off here. Or there's stuff going on I don't realise. Or Father, would you even use somebody else to speak to me to show me something? 
You know who that, you know, whatever in the relationships that I have that are around me that, you know, but would you, I want to, I want to live in that refining fire. Why? Because I want to be more like Jesus. Why? Because I want to be more fruitful because that's what God wants in our lives. So Father, we just bring ourselves a fresh to you, that fresh consecration, fresh surrender. We want to walk in your ways. We want to live in the rest. In that trust, in that moment-by-moment relationship. We want to walk in your predestined purpose. We thank you, Jesus. We praise your awesome name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise your name. Father, I thank you for a fresh release of your spirit right now across the room in every person's life. That fresh release, fresh grace of your Holy Spirit. Father, I thank you for your healing power right now in people's bodies. I thank you for that release of your healing grace right now into people's lives and bodies. Father, I thank you. Where there's been confusion for some, I thank you that the truth of your word is just lifting off that confusion and dealing with some stuff that's been there in people's minds where it's been like a vice grip on your mind and you felt oppressed in different ways. We just break that oppression off of your mind and off of your life right now. We lift off any heaviness that's been there, any residue of the enemy wanting to point the finger, cause him blame and for people to be under guilt. If you know you've been more living in this self-chair than living in the rest, where you can just turn towards the Lord now and say, Father, I just want to humble myself afresh. I bring myself afresh under your Lordship. I come back. I give you this situation. I give you that. Sorry that I've been doing things under my own steam, power and strength. And I want to come under you once again. I want to be in you, living in you fully afresh. That lifts off oppression and depression that some may have been struggling. As you turn and just surrender afresh to him, you're not trying to fight it. As you come back in that place of rest, you have victory over it. So we just command that stuff to lift off now in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for your healing grace, physical symptoms, leaving people's body, diagnosis that's been made over different things. We command the diagnosis to change. Instead of you have this, you have that, and you have the other, we command the diagnosis to change right now. And that diagnosis is in the name of Jesus. You are healed by the stripes of Jesus. You are healed. He is your health. He is your healing. He is your wholeness right now. And you can take a hold of that as you're in the rest right now because the rest, there's a release of the supernatural. There's a release of healing here because you're living in the one who is your healing, who is your health, who is your wholeness. Some of you need a release of provision financially. And that's where your provision is. It's in the rest. It's in the rest. It's there. Because the rest is saying, I'm in you, Father. I'm in you as my provider, as my provision, as my abundance. So, Father, I thank you. You might, there might be some things where you say, well, I've done a couple of silly things financially. You need to come back to the Lord and say, Father, I submit my finances afresh to you. And I want your Lordship back where it belongs in my finances so that I, I'm stewarding what you've given me in a way that honors you and glorifies you. Maybe there's, and if you need some help with those, come and have a conversation and we can help. We can get you with somebody who can help you readjust your finances and get everything in order. Because where there's order, there's provision. Where there's order, there is release. And for some, God can supernaturally get you out of things, but also uh, sometimes it's like just get some things in order and then you'll see a fresh release of, of things in your life. So, Father, we thank you. We praise your name. There's one or two, there's, there's several people here you're in your marriages. Your husband isn't saved or your wife isn't saved, something like that. I want you just to lift your, your respective spouse to the Lord right now. Just lift them to the Lord. And, and instead of worrying or fearing or trying to be desperate in some ways here and getting frustrated sometimes with the Lord that nothing seems to be happening, just come back over here, surrender it. Give your marriage afresh to the Lord. Give all your frustration to Him. Give sometimes that the angst and the, the stuff that goes on sometimes between you. Just give all that to the Lord right now. Come back into that place of rest. Let that rest come upon you now. Father, I thank you for that peace, total well-being being released into people now. Father, I thank you that you're gonna, there's, gonna, there's a change coming in your marriage. There's a change coming for your husband or your wife, whichever one is not saved. Father, I thank you that revelation coming, that softening of hearts, that bending of the knee, that bowing to you, that coming from spiritual death to life. Father, we thank you. It is time. It's time. It's time. It's time. And I believe God's saying that to Sevilla. It's time. It's time. So, Father, we thank you for marriages coming into order that way. We're both husband and wife. We're both born again. Thank you, Jesus. 
Father, we praise your name. We thank you, Jesus. How many of you love Jesus? How many of you know that he is good? Come on, let's just praise him, shall we? Let's lift his name and exalt him together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now just, we're going to finish in a moment, but just close your eyes for a moment. And just thank the Lord. Father, I thank you that you have saved me into rest. Rest is not your quiet time. Rest is your life in Christ, in him. So you live in the seat of rest. See, God is seated on his throne. He's ruling and reigning on his throne. So we are seated in him. So when we live our lives, and we've seen this before, we live like this. We live in that, with that seat of rest all the time. We don't get up out of it and say, well, that was a nice time with Jesus. Now I'm going to try and live today in my own strength. No, we live here all the time. So, we're, so when you have a moment, stuff goes on. Somebody says something. You get an email or, or, or a WhatsApp or whatever you get in whatever you do with social media. And you're like, you know, whatever. Instead of going, and, and yeah, you're an idiot as well, and all of that. You know, or whatever's going on, Brexit and all the stuff. On one level in the natural, you can be sick of it all, but we can't be sick of it all. There's some stuff that we really need to continue to pray into. Okay? All of, anything that goes on, take a moment and say, okay, Father, I want to stay here. I don't want to go there. I want to stay here. So I give you that thing. I give you that moment. And I thank you right now for your grace. I just forgive or I release or I bless or whatever you need to do. Why? Because we want to stay. It's not about rights. Well, I've got a right to be upset with them. We haven't got rights for anything. Except as a believer. One of the rights we have as a believer is forgiveness. So we forgive and we, we keep short accounts with God and with others. So Father, I just thank you for the grace that is released this today and this week to live moment by moment with you, to live in a great rest, to see you work in our lives and through our lives in our marriages, in our families, in our homes, in our small groups, in every way we're reaching out, in our business, in our workplace, in the community, everything going on, there'll be a release of your life through us in amazing ways this week. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God thanks, shall we? And praise Him this morning. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.